1: The Minnesota Vikings have been around since 1961. And I just want them to win a damn Super Bowl before I die. Welcome to Before I Die with Judd and Jesse on Purple Daily and Score North.
2: Just one, just one before we die. Maybe it will be this year. You know, maybe, guys, maybe the Minnesota Vikings are going to shock the world. They certainly shocked the San Francisco 49ers. Big victory Monday night football. Uh, Let's just dive right into it. I'm Jesse Pierce, obviously writer for NHL.com, coast of Bardown Beauties. He's Judd Zolgad, Mr. Positivity, our favorite Minnesota sports dad. And over here we got producer Ross. Ross, why do you love the Minnesota Vikings so much?
1: Well, typically it's because the pain lets me know I'm still alive, but pain? I feel like I just got a cortisone injection. Let's go.
2: Let's go. So we're all like back on, right? Like we're that wagon that pulled on through late last night. We're all like, hey, yeah, there's room for three more. Uh,
0: I'm waiting to see what happens on Sunday in Green Bay before (laughs) I officially get back on.
2: (laughs) That's like there's a chance here. There's a chance. And I think that's what makes the Minnesota Vikings so tumultuous, right? We were all off. We were writing them off. Hey, let's trade away the squad. But you guys, Minnesota, Looked probably the best they have all season without Justin Jefferson. Uh, Let's dive into the pieces that were particularly good, including that quarterback of ours, Minnesota's very own Kirk Cousins. Uh, Is that one of the best games he has played, do you guys think, in a Vikings uniform? 35 for 45, 378 yards, two touchdowns. What are we thinking about Mr. Cousins
0: I think it's one of his best games, definitely. And, I mean, he's played some good games. Uh, But I I guess I think when you consider the situation also, that game was impressive because no one gave, for the most part, the Vikings a chance. Um, I go back to, like, the Buffalo game in Buffalo last year. I'm sure the stats weren't the same because of the weather. But, you know, that was a pretty damn good game. And although uh, Jefferson made that great catch in that game. Kirk still to throw the ball and so I'm I'm loath to say that it was easily his best because I think he definitely last year had some really nice games especially with the comebacks but uh, that was a pretty dark doggone complete performance after pass number two in the first series went for a pick so I, I give Cousins and this uh, offense a lot of credit.
1: That's what does it for me Judd after he throws that interception on a pass that I said at the time, you just can't throw. There was no separation, no need to throw that ball. I get why you're trying to get your passing game going. But after that, pretty darn flawless. And hat tip to the offensive line for keeping him upright. Judd and Jesse last night from Kirk Cousins, we actually saw something we so seldomly don't see. Pocket presence. Right, He could sense pressure. He was stepping up in the pocket. Late in the game, he should have been sacked. I think what happened was you had two converging sides that actually kept him upright and that, and that that was that allowed him to make a big pass late in the game to keep the drive going. I, he was really good last night. There's always going to be things you can nitpick, right? It's football. It's an imperfect game. You're never going to be perfect. So there's plenty to nitpick, but he is as big of a reason, if not the biggest reason, that the Minnesota Vikings are 3 and 4 as we record this edition of Before I Die. And now firmly at three and four with the schedule in front of them back in the playoff race. That's mostly on Kirk Cousins last night. He was brilliant from that interception on.
2: Kirk Cousins, sixth highest graded passer per PFF. Only Tua, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Jared Goff have a better passing grade. Uh, Guys, you know, I'm starting to see a little bit of frustration from KOC. I saw it kind of along the sidelines, right? As well toward Kirk Cousins, maybe more than we have seen, right? There was a time when he said, from what I could make out in my brilliant uh mouth reading lip skill, lip syncing skills, uh, pass the effing ball. I mean, do you guys think there's any fray there? Am I reading too much into this? Do I have a little bit too much disdain for Mr. Cousins? Or do you think there might be a little bit of fray, despite how brilliantly he may have performed yesterday?
0: I feel like we don't get a lot of shots of KOC consistently. So, like, it, it depends on, like, if it's a Fox telecast and it's a noon game, we probably don't get the same type of shots. So, I don't know that that indicates um, um, a newfound frustration. I think it's just on a Monday night game or a primetime game. There's so many more cameras that, be, that get mm-hmm. used. Uh, no, I mean, I think Kevin has always... Had a certain level of expectation there for Kirk and probably himself, too, because I thought the play calling really uh, had an uptick last night, especially from last week's absolutely brutal game to watch, although it was a win at Chicago. Uh, But, you know, it's not like uh, Dino, where, where, where Dean's always got the camera on him from every regional telecast, and we see that. So... I think that Kevin O'Connell is a master of the F-bomb, which I appreciate greatly. I don't think that is... I I think last night you just saw it because they actually had the camera probably on both coaches almost the entire game, or one camera.
1: Yeah, I think he's more of a fiery guy than people think or maybe give him credit for. I think a lot of that gets lost because he is this outgoing, kind of fun-loving personality. But he is very fiery. Last night we got... A solo F-bomb from him when the camera was on him, kind of an exasperated F-bomb. We got the get down, go down when Hawk was trying to hobble off the field. We got that. I thought good stuff last night. And, and by the way, this is kind of an aside from what we're actually talking about here on Before I Die but Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I know Vikings fans, I think, have issues Dealing with both of them. my thunder here, Ross. Well, here's here's the thing, though. Maybe <laughs> my, maybe it's different. I, I think as we're recording this, there's actual thunder and lightning, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they've brought an extra el- – say what you want about them. They've brought an extra element of relevancy back to Monday Night Football with that broadcast crew being there. I, I thought that just adds another layer. I'll be honest. I don't – unless it's an intriguing matchup and the NFL's done a lot better job in recent years, I don't always watch Monday night football, but I have found myself enjoying it a lot more with Buck and Aikman in the booth than Booger McFarland.
2: Mm-hmm. And Buck and Aikman doing, giving nothing but love to our boy, Kirk, uh, Trey Aikman saying one of the oh. t- top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, Joe Troy Buck walk out of this game, you know, raving night. about Kirk cousins. You even have, you guys skip Bayless saying without Justin Jefferson, that just might've been the best game I ever watched. Kurt cousins play. Congratulations. So guys, big round of applause for Skip Bayless of Minnesota. Skip Bayless like that. Let's love applause. That. National that a relevancy for Minnesota. Uh, guys, I will say before we dive into more good, um, just one thing that's going to grind my gears. It's just cause that's what I do. I like to bring in a little slight negativity, so here's what the Vikings like to do to us, right? We are all we were all kind of all in on, like, let's just tank it. Let's crash it. Let's do well next year, right? Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. can sit, rest, get better, yada, yada. So now they win and go beat the San Francisco 49ers, a very good San Francisco 49ers. Yes, they were without Debo and, and some of their top guys, but still a very good 49ers team. Best defense in the country, and Minnesota offense decided to play. Now they're going to string together a couple more wins, right? They're, they just might F around and make the playoffs now. You know, why not? I don't like that, you guys, because I want to build for the future. I want a good draft pick. I don't want to have to go through this again next year. Now, we're going to get into this. Jordan Addison looks absolutely clutch and absolutely phenomenal, but I'm a little annoyed. Am I wrong to be just like a little annoyed that I kind of had committed to this poor Viking season and then they were just over here sprinkling a little hope like fairy dust on me, lifting me up into the positivity? No, I don't need that
0: that's why I'm in wait and see mode because here's my thing is you've got five of your next six games are, are against teams that are currently under 500 and you've got an opportunity now to reel off a bunch of wins. My thing is, and this goes to all teams in this town, pick a path, either pick the path of you're going to be really good and you're going to take off or pick the path of, you know what? bleep it. We're, we're no good. We quit because there's nothing worse than if the Vikings lose at green Bay. But now they can't make any trades because they're like, but we beat San Francisco at the deadline, which is two days after the Green Bay game. And then they win a game. And then they lose two games. You know what I mean? So I am, if this is who they're going to be, and and my God, where has this been? Be- because you know what, what this is? For all we talk about luck, like, you know, they had bad luck and now they've had good luck. You make your own luck. It, you create your own breaks. What you do is you throw an, an interception on your first drive, this is the fourth time they've done that. The previous three, the opponents have scored a touchdown. So what they did this time, though, was they forced a fumble, right, by San Francisco. Like, if, my, if if San Francisco goes down and scores off that first drive, I guarantee you the game is different. But they forced a fumble. They get it at their own 11-yard line. And what does the offense do? They get right back on the field, and they score. That's not luck. That's actually making a play. Um, I, I feel like the analytics – world has come up with with this randomness of sports. It's just all random. It's all luck. Well, you create your luck, too. So, that, so now, if this is your path, that's cool, but go on a win streak. Don't give me Sunday, well, we took a step back. No, that's not acceptable. You need to go on a win streak here. My expectations have been raised, and this team needs to meet those expectations now, or to your point, Jess, it's going to have been all for naught, and it's going to be one win that's almost going to derail what the plan would have been.
1: Yeah, Jesse, I think it's fair to feel the way that you do feel. I also, to a degree, echo what Judd says. It's okay as a fan to change your expectations and feel differently as a season goes on. I don't think you have to be cookie cutter. Oh, everybody's doing this, so I'm going to do it. You can look at things a different way and be objective. I look at last night's win and say, okay, well, I prefer the Jesse route. It would have been easier as a fan if the Vikings lost yesterday and were 2 and 5 and then you know, well, they might be Green Bay but even if they do, you'd like to think at 3 and 5 ownership and management knows this isn't really going anywhere. But now to Judd's point, if you slip up and lose to the Packers, ownership and management might say, "Yeah, but look at everything that's still in front of us." My biggest takeaway from last night is if you don't use that as a springboard to make the playoffs, it's it's bad. It's bad on so many levels, because now more than likely, you're going to hover somewhere around 500, even if you miss the playoffs. That's bad for a, for draft pick and for compensation. It's going to be bad if you miss the playoffs at, let's say it's 8-9, because you're going to look at games like the Chargers game that you easily could have and probably should have won the Buccaneers game, which you could have and probably should have won. So yes, Jesse, I overall agree with you, but now I look at it and say, shame on you, Minnesota Vikings. If you don't use last night as the rallying cry to hold this thing together and get to 10 and seven, make the playoffs. And Oh, by the way, you are going to get Detroit two out of the last three weeks. There is a chance you can still win this division. So Go do it. Prove me wrong, because the one thing I will say, if this team's a wild card team, they're not winning three road games in a row to make it to the Super Bowl. You, you're going to have to win the division, in my opinion. So use last night as the rallying point to make the playoffs.
0: Worst case is 2020, right? That mm. team looked dead. Yes. Came out of the bye. They beat the Packers. They went on a win streak, and and it's like, and okay. And then limp to the finish line. And then limp to the, exactly. So, like, you need to use this... As like, like if you're serious about what you did last night and last night without your best player really brings a new standard too, like that, that's what we expected. Last night is what we expected from week one, yes. like this, like if you have the ability to do what you did last night without Justin Jefferson, then continue it. Don't just, you know, don't like now slump back into, oh, we couldn't hold on the football. Woe is us feel sorry for me.
1: And by the way, last night was fun. As somebody oh who went, went into the game, I mean, I'll be honest, kind of borderline preferring that the Vikings would lose as the game went on, it was fun. fun. It was it fun was. football to watch. You, you, you bought in. You felt good. Uh, classic Vikings, though, when you get mm-hmm. two first downs, two first and goals inside the two, and you turn neither one into touchdowns, and you kick two field goals, I know you both were thinking it too. I went, that's going to maybe be what cost them this football game. But props to them. It did it. Defense stood up. Our guy can't them. Sometimes it's right place at right time. Sometimes it's just being good at what you do. Last night, probably a combo platter of both, but he had a hell of a night.
0: If that's um, a playoff game, you lose that game.
2: You lose that game. Fact, yeah. I don't know. That, that would have
0: cost you a playoff game.
2: I'm glad yeah. you guys are positive. I need a little tush push to get there, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I just need just a little tush push.
1: Also, okay. if it's a playoff game, Trent Williams probably plays. I don't know if Debo does, mm. but Trent Williams probably plays. That could have made a difference. So good point. Who who knows? But props to the Vikings for winning. They did what almost nobody thought they could do. Yeah. But you know what? That's why they play the game.
2: Jed, I gotta ask you. So obviously, watching from home, I believe it was during the third quarter, they cut to break, and all I can hear is let's go, Niners. And nice. it was so loud. Through the television, what was the yeah. atmosphere like? Now, San Francisco obviously has a great fan base that does travel incredibly well. But it felt like there was an overwhelmingly, almost alarmingly amount of San Francisco 49ers uh, in the stands at U.S. Bank Stadium. Accurate?
0: Oh, yeah. God, yeah. And in in fact, just like with the last home game against the Chiefs, it's like early on, they, they were infiltrating the stadium and you saw them outside now i would say that these and it's probably because it was a night game and folks were fueled by a bit more alcohol i would say that the niners fans were louder um i did attempt on on uh, twitter or x i did attempt to humorously tweet and I knew people wouldn't get get it. And I'm still getting corrections today. It's just marvelous. I tweeted, I wasn't surprised when all the Chiefs fans drove up, right? Or, yeah, drove up from KC because it's close. But I am shocked about the amount of fans who have driven the 29 hours from the <laughs> Bay Area to attend this game. I am still as of right now get getting it's gonna be funny when Sologan finds out there there's airplanes now. Because these <laughs> people, of course, think I was being really serious about that. Um, I did get tweets that made sense that said some of them were probably I Iowa fans of either a Kittle or Purdy yeah. mm-hmm. from Iowa State. Yep, which of course is Jesse stomping grounds, yep. go cyclones, yep. yeah. So but, I mean, it was it was just a lot of flat-out Niners fans, and it was impressive. And they got their hands on a ton of tickets. I'm curious now, um, like the Packers game this year, with the way things are trending, I got a feeling that you won't have as many tickets sold by Vikings fans for that game if the Vikings are back in it. Mm-hmm. Like, is, if they're really back in it.
1: Is this a bad look for the Minnesota Vikings fandom and fan base, though? Judd did now back-to-back weeks have a stadium. Again, I wasn't at either one when you're watching on TV, looked a lot like a Rams home game where the other team's fan base yeah. takes up half the seats. And I get it. Niners, you know, historic team in the NFL, Kansas City, recency bias. Everybody right. loves them. They're close to Minneapolis. I get that. But Vikings fans do have a tendency to sell a lot of their tickets to Packers fans. And I do believe this is a legitimately great fan base. But I will say it does look pretty bad the last few weeks that is it. The skull chant, is it even at its max as how good it can sound and look on TV? Because, I mean, I don't know. What was nope. the percentage last night, Judd, nine Niners fans? 30, 40 percent? Could it have been that much?
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say because there, there there, were huge pockets of them in different areas, including some of the best seats. Yes. Here's where, here's where I'll defend like the fans. They bought all the
1: beautiful people seats, John.
2: Yeah. They but, were in all the
1: beautiful people seats
2: last mm-hmm. night.
0: And they probably did, but here's where I'll defend uh, the Vikings fans, okay? That investment now is so huge that if you can make your season ticket money back off you know, a game or two games – I I really have, like, I mean, I go and sit in the press box. Like, it's like when uh, Jess goes to Wild Games. We don't pay, what, 150 bucks to go watch a regular season hockey game. So it's really easy for me to say, well, these people shouldn't be selling their tickets. But I don't pay to go. And they do. And, like, there's, like, you know, Ross, there's, like, personal seat licenses now. Yeah, yeah. So I – I have a hard time dumping on fans who probably, you know, I mean, not everybody who has these tickets is probably rich and and they're passionate fans, but if they can make their bones back, if they can make their cash back with a game or two, I'm not going to really rip them for it. It's not fair because they pay so much. the team wants to charge less and they sell them, we can talk more.
1: Mm. How do you guys feel about Monday Night Football as a whole? I, I still think it can be pretty cool. But if it was up to me the Vikings would never play a game not at noon on a Sunday. That to I me mean, that to yeah. me is a football Sunday. Yeah, it's cuz you're old too.
2: I know. I I know. I I hate Thursday night football. So with a passion, Thursday night, let's go with that. Right. Like we we need to to pick one. Let's let's stay in our lane there.
1: I'm over uh, games being played in London and Germany and, and Europe and Mexico city too. But that's just me.
0: This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mack and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard show podcast Monday through Friday. As Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind,
1: just download the Tom Bernard show app wherever you get your podcast or visit tombernardshow.com. dot com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom. And it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard show app now and join the conversation.
2: All for spreading out the other shining moment. in Ross, I want to lead this into our comments from YouTube because I know our question is very heavy there. Jordan Addison, just a round of applause for him uh, too. Randy flag. Moss, yeah, Chris Carter, of uh, right Stefan there, Diggs, you know? at yeah, nice. We there, we go, there we go, Judd. The go. Yeah.
0: And Way now the, the Minnesota flag. Vikings
2: have Justin Jefferson and Jordan as. And how excited are we to have this duo for the uh, the immediate future here for a little bit?
1: Go ahead, Rascal. Well, assuming that Justin Jefferson signs a contract extension to stay with the Minnesota Vikings at some point, a pretty darn good. You know, mm-hmm. eventually all the names you just mentioned, all great names, but it never paid off with the Super Bowl. So will there come a day where maybe you have to move one of those pieces to make your team better somewhere else? Maybe. But I don't think that day has to come anytime soon because the Vikings aren't going to have to pay Jordan Addison for a handful of years. So they can... Pay Justin Jefferson, while they're not paying Jordan Addison, work the cap number however they need to, and maybe you're still able to keep both of them on the roster years down the road. But yeah, I'll be honest. One of my predictions we did at the uh, beginning of the season was I didn't think he'd finish higher than fourth in the team on receptions. Now, some things have changed that. There's been injuries that have bumped him up a bit in priority, but he, he's he been fantastic, and I, I would expect that that's only going to get better. To be, This is a position you're not typically always super great at or super impactful in year one. Well, mm-hmm. he has been, and the Vikings were lucky that Justin Jefferson was too. And you would expect that only to get better in the weeks and years to come. How lucky are the Vikings to have a player like that to be able to overcome Justin Jefferson not playing for maybe still another four to six weeks in what, by the way, now might be a playoff race. So they're very lucky in that sense. And we're lucky to be able to watch that. That should have been – his second touchdown should have been an interception. He ripped the ball away from the defender and turned it into a touchdown. It's good stuff.
0: From the first day that that you saw him in training camp, it was clear he was special. Like it was – you know, there's some guys – there's some guys who it looks a little rocky, like they don't run the right routes, which is a difficult thing. It's not so you know, the college to the pro game is much more advanced in the pro game, obviously, and so it's like I haven't seen him do anything on the field that I haven't been like, oh, okay, this guy's really good. Um, is is he Jefferson? Time will tell. I don't. I think because of his lack of size, he's probably not. Is he a Pro Bowl type receiver? He looks absolutely like that in year 1. So, you know, I hesitate to jump on the Carter and uh Moss uh comparison yet. That, you know, that takes years of greatness on both guys parts. But, you know, Jesse, that being said, I think that we now see why Kevin O'Connell in the video that the Vikings put out when Quasey was trying to possibly pedal the Vikings first round pick. And O'Connell's like, just make the pick. You've got to make the pick. I think we see why. I mean, this kid does have a touch of special to his game. Um, now what's going to happen when Jefferson comes back, as far as trying to find a way to use both of them creatively, that's where I challenge Mr. O'Connell to uh, step things up. I thought he did some nice things last night, but I really want to see this offense, and I don't know if Kirk likes or not. Quite frankly, I don't care. I, I <laughs> want to see this offense get more creative, and and give opponents more things to worry about. That you say, wow, that was that was unique. The play came back, but last night, you know what? The backwards pass to Jordan threw it across the field to Ty Chandler. Now K. J. Asborn was called for a OPI there, but that's the type of plays that I think, yeah, you know, this is really something that uh, that can use the skill of these guys. So more creativity is my opinion.
1: Things I'd love to know that we'll just probably never know the answer to Judd when that video is being made about, you know, make the pick, make the pick. Is that the wide receiver? The Vikings wanted all along and they were floored that he was there because ahead of Addison, there were three wide receivers taken ahead of him. Two right in front of him. You had Jackson Smith-Najigba go 17th overall. Quentin Johnston from TCU goes 22nd. Zay Flowers goes 23rd. Zay Flowers also having a pretty nice year. But Mm -hmm. were the Vikings just that ecstatic that he was there? Could there have been another receiver that they wanted? I don't know if we'll ever know, but it seemed like they're genuinely excited, and they were genuinely, genuinely excited to get Jordan Addison
0: don't you think the coach was just afraid of the fact that the GM might bail back again, like he did the previous (laughs) (laughs) year. And he's like, take the talent, take the guy who's talented. Don't get
2: cute. Let's win on a draft for a change here. Let's give that a go, right? Let's give us a chance. And if he
1: wanted a wide receiver, he probably knew what everybody else knew if we don't draft Jordan Addison. Yeah. By the time we pick next, you're looking at the likes of Jonathan Mingo who went, I think eighth point. overall in the second round, Jaden Reed, who went to the Packers Rasheed rice, who's had a nice year for the Kansas city chiefs went late in the second round. But then again, he's also playing for the Kansas city chiefs. So yeah. It's entirely possible that O'Connell wanted a new toy and a new weapon and knew if we don't take this kid now, we're not going to have the chance to get him. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's keep the momentum going forward on Jordan Addison with this week's just one comment from YouTube.
1: Comments from YouTube. Way to set it up and tee it up, Jesse. You're an absolute mess. So let's go with you. From Carlos Licona, 3210. This is the comment. Is Addison the best rookie wide receiver from the 23 draft class so far? That should be a segment soon, since if I'm not mistaken, he might be. So then my question off of all of our Jordan Addison love, and right now I think the answer is fairly easy. Is Jordan Addison the early favorite to be rookie of the year? Offensive rookie of the year, yeah. Jesse, who wants it? Go
0: ahead, Jesse.
2: I I like it. It's easy to say, right? I don't know if it's recency bias because you're looking at the career night he had on Monday Night Football and, again, that national attention that it draws. But he's done the little things to kind of quiet. Not I don't want to say quietly because certainly us Vikings as Vikings fans have noticed it but he really has lived up to the hype and lived up to the position in which the Minnesota Vikings drafted him. So I don't see why not again. I want to, similar to how Judd had mentioned, he wants to continue to see how the weeks play out for your Minnesota Vikings. I want to see how it continues to play out for Jordan Addison, especially when, as Judd also mentioned, JJ does come back. How are both of these players utilized to their full potential? Because if anything, it was more than evident last night that Jordan Addison is a beyond capable receiver, if not an elite receiver, Um, And definitely warrants the conversation to start now. And uh, I'm excited to see what he can continue to do forward. Judley, what do you think?
0: He is tied for second in the entire league. So forget uh, rookies. He is tied with former Viking Stefan Diggs with six touchdown receptions, one behind Miami superstar Tyree Kill. So he's certainly making a campaign for it. Now, what's interesting is the longer Jefferson is out, the stronger that campaign probably gets because Mm -hmm. he bumps up to the top guy. I also think what what gives him a chance, and the answers to the question right now about is he the best is yes, he is the best right now, I think. Um, And he's certainly a dynamic player. But the good thing, too, is, you know, there's no question, Kirk, it takes Kirk some time to develop a chemistry and a trust. Like he has started to a mis- misfound if that's the right word trust in KJ Osborne mismanaged or
2: misidentified
0: misplaced 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 not misfound misplaced Misplaced. how about that he has a misplaced trust in KJ Osborne who by the way blocks 10 times better than Jordan does but you know as far as a receiver goes it's probably not even close um And I like the fact that Jefferson's absence has forced that chemistry probably to be accelerated. It was beginning already. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely thrilled on the first touchdown pass that Jordan caught last night, that he was the target of that pass. I thought that was fantastic. But um, yes, he is definitely, I, I would say with his dynamic play, what he's able to do, and the fact that there is obviously such a premium and eye kept on receivers that he has a shot to be Offensive Rookie of the Year.
1: I think there's only one other answer here so far on the offensive side of the ball, and if I'm omitting anybody, let me know. This is a quarterback-driven league. They almost always win the MVP, and we could have that debate if the MVP should just be MVQB, most valuable quarterback. <laughs> No, that would be QB, sorry, MVQB. MVQB. Uh, C.J. Stroud for the Houston Texans. He has the Houston Texans at 3-3. and He's thrown for almost 1,700 yards, has nine touchdown passes, and only one interception. That's a great campaign from a rookie quarterback and not even the first quarterback taken in the draft. So I think he's obviously in that conversation as well. Gut says if it was between those two, he would probably win it because he's a quarterback. But I don't know how you can't be thrilled with what Jordan Addison's doing. And and by the way, he's not a not a big guy, not a huge target. But he runs good routes. He gets open. That's what he makes the catches. Yeah. His size
0: his size concerns
1: me because of injury.
2: Well, minimally, he gets touchdown of the year, right? For ripping that ball out of ward's hands and taking it to the house sixty yards. Like that was unreal. Like that and how great and
1: the timing too, like when it happened in the game.
2: How great is that though that that's the same
0: exact play that he got the ball taken away from him mm-hmm. on on cousin's second pass of the game and a rookie responds with that like that that's great that that is a hell of a of a maturing moment from the first quarter you like could have broken up that play and you failed to and oh my god now San Francisco has the ball to screw it same guy I got this one mm-hmm. and then with no high safety he was off to the race is for a 60-yard touchdown. So, I mean, this kid, just as far as a player, he does a lot of things that rookies ordinarily don't do.
1: Maybe you were going to get there, Jesse, but how have we made it 30 minutes and not talked about the influentialness of Creed helping the Vikings <laughs> win their last two games? And allegedly, Creed is the only reason why the uh, Texas Rangers are going to the World Series. So if we've learned anything, Creed brought the Rangers to the World Series, Perhaps it's going to bring the Vikings to the Super Bowl. I don't know. Can
2: you take me higher? That's to why people are tuning a in
1: now. Where we haven't been in fifty-ish years. <laughs> this bow, is... bow, 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 bow,
2: bow. This Brilliant. is such
1: an unfortunate fallout of the
0: Rangers' success mm-hmm. and the Vikings' recent success.
2: <laughs> hey, it's so true. So true. The first time in, what, like seven years that you don't get a Dodgers or an Astros squad in the uh, in the mix. So I like that. Uh,
1: you know, I was very proud of myself last night. Dean Mizutani tweeted something about yeah, Creed. Mm-hmm. And I just retweeted him and said, hello, my friend, we tweet again. Then a while, where should we begin? Thank God I ignored Creed then and I'm ignoring
2: him now. <laughs> oh. I thought you were gonna say you were ignoring. If we're singing,
1: that means it's often. time for me to show Well, yeah, that's the show
2: back. Both of them Alright, boys, let's move on to our before I dies.
1: Time now for the before I die crew to give us their <clears throat> before I dies.
2: Do you want me I'll kick off this one if you guys are okay. Yeah, would like. go ahead. Do you guys see this? See how, look at how new this phone looks, right? It's brand, nice. you know want to know why? Because it's brand spanking new. You want to nice. know why? Because before I die, I'm going to learn to stop taking selfies and propping my phone up in places that they don't belong. Like, for instance, maybe on a pond where there's a beautiful fall foliage behind me. Because you know what happens? Your phone falls into said Berkey pond oh, that you can no, no longer get it. I went. 47 and a half hours without a phone, boys and girls. Explain this to me. Yes, yes, yes. I'm happy to answer any questions that you might have. What did you do? So Sunday, as I was driving home from my golf course job, because it was a beautiful Sunday. I've always passed this pond in Matamida, and it's got this beautiful fall setting. And I happened to look very adorable in my plaid outfit and golf skirt that day. And so I walk out onto this dock that has these nice little railings. Almost dropped my car keys. And that is when the moment that I should have been like, you know what? Maybe we don't take a picture out on this dock. But I said, nay, I am very confident in the way that my pop socket holds onto my phone. And so I propped it up on the railing, walked over to get into my spot. And yes. next thing I hear is splash. And I watched it just gently float on down, tried to get down to the bottom. I was this close to jumping in, guys. I kid you not. I was like, I could do it. It's But it's the grossest pond ever. I would have had a disease for sure. How deep and, uh, the water do you think? How I deep think, well, so I went back. I went back, tried to get a net, right? I was, I've, I'm going through the motions here. I was like, Googled it. I had 45 minutes to get this phone out of the water before it was gone, done. So, anyway, uh, I thought it was only like maybe five, six feet. No, there is a whole layer of sludge and um, like weeds below that. So, it had to have been like eight, eight or nine feet. So, again, that's not even the worst. I have not had a phone for 47 hours, which might sound freeing. No. You know how much we rely on our phones these days? It's It's awful. awful. I don't know the time. I had to step outside to check the weather yesterday. Uh, There are apps for my kids' school that we have griped about on here. Um, Recipes. I mean, it goes beyond the calling. I had to cancel interviews because I was like, yeah. I'll give you a call when I have a phone to do so. I had to cancel radio hits. I mean, it was just, it's been a couple days, guys. It's been a couple days. I almost had to bring my laptop in to morning skate this morning to get interviews done because I don't know where my old school recorder is anymore. So before I die, I'll stop taking fall selfies. Do you have
1: insurance on the phone?
2: Hmm yes i would never tout insurance i've been meaning to cancel that for about a year now never actually did it thankfully i didn't because i was able to get the replacement for just about a hundred bucks sent to me however discovered they want me to send my phone back which is good at luck. the bottom of a pond good so that. Yeah. yeah we're gonna have to figure out a way around that if so anybody you have a, new- a good way to have uh, fraud for their phone let me know if you got an old iphone 13 that i can send back it'd be great so that phone works now
0: this the, is a new one. one. Yep, got?
2: she's a. It's okay. it's not set up at all. It's working on getting everything back in my life. It looks like, it looks like my fall photo that I did manage to take on Sunday did not make the cut for my iCloud backup. But don't otherwise. go
1: back and try again. <laughs> don't go back and try again. Are you
0: again. are are you now done with this? Because like you no. did drop your phone from the XL press box from the press
2: box. Yeah, that as like been, a
0: warning. Yeah,
2: been my first. I literally as I watched it float, I was like, hmm.
0: This is. What did like your husband say about box? this?
2: You know, he's less than thrilled. Like, I rushed home and I was like, we have to go back to the park because I have a phone that you need to help me get out of the water. So we brought the kid, packed him up, hustled on out. I mean, he kind of just laughed. Like, he prefers it this rather than being like, oh, I was drunk somewhere and lost it. Like, I mean, at least it's just kind of sure. Silly. Yeah, this is just stuff,
1: stuff that happens <laughs> yeah. on a later date or a later podcast to be determined. I'll tell you both about the time I flushed my stepmom's car keys down the toilet.
2: Oh, see, that's so, that would yeah. yeah,
1: not great. So that stuff happens, Jesse. I know that's
2: the cool. kids. The kids were making fun of me. They're like, "So you don't have a phone?" And they were just so like mind blown by it. Which one more minor quick story, you guys? So yeah. I had the six year old at hockey practice with me yesterday. Right, no phone. So no photos can be documented from the day. First person he sees gets a fist bump from Mike Madano. goes downstairs into the locker room, gets taken by Bill Guerin, gets a little walk around, gets some stick tape, gets some candy, has all of that. Then, because I had to do an interview with Marc-Andre Fleury, gets to try on Marc-Andre Fleury's pads. None of this was documented with photos because I didn't have a phone with me. It all was All up here just,
0: for him. Yeah. All up here. That's what you know what you, you say, know, kid. That's a memory.
1: You know, Jesse, as the uh, head football coach at the soon-to-be Big Ten West champion Minnesota Golden Gopher, says it's all about moments and memories. You put those moments and memories uh, right up there. I want that here.
2: photo on for me. Selfishly, I want it for me. People be like, "I'll say your kid." Yeah, it's my kid.
1: What words
0: did Bill teach him?
2: Quite a few. It was funny. Everybody in the locker room yesterday was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." I'm like, "He's my bleeping kid. What do you think he knows? Like, he's yeah. fine. He knows." And like, by he's, the way, yeah.
1: drop those f bombs, folks. Let's hear them. He's heard it all before. Uh, My Before I Die, very quickly, don't know if you guys saw this. uh, Billy Joe Armstrong a Green Day over the weekend said, they're touring next year with the Smashing Pumpkins and Rancid. So one, I will be at that show. But that also shifted my head immediately to a gentleman I've also brought up on this podcast. Before I Die, I will see Paul McCartney at least one more time in person, hopefully at an outdoor venue. This one's for all the Wings fans. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, Green Day hopefully next year with Rancid and the Smashing Pumpkins and Paul McCartney at least one more time before he dies because he mm. is getting old. Paul just kicked off a European tour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. America's got to be soon. And wow. and Green Day just played Target Field a couple of years ago, didn't they? Yes, mm-hmm. it was rescheduled because of the pandy. I don't think it was last summer. It must have been the summer before. Pandy. I like that.
0: I have never been full full disclosure, and they were in my age wheelhouse. I have never been a Smashing Pumpkins fan.
1: I'm I'm more of a I'm rancid a guy Co- than more I'm of a, a ransom guy Corrigan. than Smashing Pumpkins. They
0: were right in my wheelhouse, and I never could get into Billy Corgan.
1: Because yeah, you're an all rock guy, right? You've told me that. You're an alt rock guy. Love Nirvana
0: replacements. Mm-hmm. I Gre- Green Days, Dookie, their first yeah. yeah. Well, at yep. the time cassette was fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved those. In fact, I saw them at Roy Wilkins supporting that as a very young really? band. They were great. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Saw Nirvana there. Roy Wilkins, right? Mm. a oh. few months before Kurt Cobain died.
2: I did. You not Pearl know Jam you guy too? That. Then
0: I love me some Pearl Jam. You, know, you know. You know, I'm not. I'm not because I, I my thing with Corrigan and Vetter. I've and never Vetter, been big fans thing? of their. I've never been big fans of their voices.
1: Mm. I'm a bigger Creed.
0: I'm a bigger Vetter fan than Corrigan, though. Like, and I've grown to appreciate him. And he's done. He does some great stuff. You know mm-hmm.
1: what Vetter does, though, that I just think is so great. I've seen Pearl Jam twice. I think he does it every show. Truth walks out good. with a Walks out with a bottle of wine. You know, he's just sipping oh, on wine, he? sipping on wine during the entire show. I love that.
0: I saw I saw Guided by Voices at First Avenue in about 1993. They they took on stage a full cooler of beer and just <laughs> drank beer the entire. <laughs> there we like, go. They would just go on ice, and dur- between songs, they'd go back and pop a beer, start to drink, and just keep playing. It was just that's good, outstanding. Stuff. Oh, really? um, I, I'm going to go to the. Obvious one for me, be, because before I saw a very competitive, fun football game on Monday, I saw the Gophers play Iowa on Saturday. Mm. And before I die, we are going to get rid of the stupidest rule that ever existed. <laughs> Don't tell me it's not. <laughs> which is the you signaled for an involuntary fair catch when you didn't. And by the way, Seifert and I looked this up. Um, the NFL does not have this rule. Like, you have to put your hand above your head there, right? But mm-hmm. the college rule is you can't be motioning your arm... And even if it's below your shoulder uh, and and that caused one of the great punt returns of all time by the Iowa Hawkeyes, in which the Gophers actually tried and looked like it looked like a Stooges skit, Mm -hmm. three Stooges (laughs) skit. We're going to get rid of that incredibly stupid rule and a fair catch is going to be your hand above your head or else it's not a fair catch.
1: Do you see the new controversy uh, surrounding that game that I saw just for the first time a few hours ago? Uh We had a Iowa uh, lineman leave his feet to try and jump over I'm, a lineman to I'm block a it. punt, mm. which also should have been a 15-yard penalty that would have given the Gophers a first down.
0: Yeah, he didn't get over him. So I'm, I'm watching it
1: right now. Yeah. yeah. So we, we had a lot of issues with that, with that punt. Uh at the end of the day, I think the final score still shows the Gophers won the game, right? Yeah.
2: Who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa.
1: God. I've never liked that chant. I won't participate. Oh, I that. will.
2: I will. I'll do a double, <laughs> double down. Worst do fan. Hi. How did the fans treat you, especially after this yeah, loss? Yeah, John. How were they? I, oh, Iowa I did he is, Were they? Yeah. To me, well, they yeah. were mean I, people. To we were making fun of fans. both
0: the teams because they both suck. <laughs> So I was mocking the golfers, and they were mocking the Hawkeyes. It it worked out perfect.
1: The Hmm. broadcast showed from a tailgate, and I was looking for Judd. Uh, There was a band out there, and I forgot what they called it, but to Van Halen's, might as well jump. They replaced it to punt. So it was. Ooh. Might as well punt. They hate that. They
0: they hate their team. the The yeah. fire. Brian chance for offensive coordinator Brian Franz were just fantastic. Um, <laughs> it's a
1: great place to watch a football game. Anybody who hasn't been to Kinnick should go.
0: So well, do, do we? First, hit, do first we, go, we to hate, Ames go to Ames and then we'll go to Ames too. Yeah. Ames is great. Do we hate Iowa Hawkeyes fans more than we hate Wisconsin Badger I do. fans? Oh,
1: I don't. I do. No, not me. Okay. I, I can t- I tolerate. Iowa. I don't really have much against Iowa. I, because, I I can't stand the
2: Badgers. Because we're having just a fun aside conversations for all of those out there, my problem is Wisconsin fans, I have chirped and jabbed with in a friendly manner. Like, I've played Flip Cup Minnesota versus Wisconsin before. We have a grand old time, and I've done this in Madison. I went to Iowa City as an Iowa State Cyclone one time, got beer poured on my head as we walked into a bar. Like, anytime you were wearing non Iowa, like, me, like, I am all for ribbing. I am all for chirping and having a good old time. But the Hawkeye fans were me. They remind me of like North Dakota fans in hockey. Like, it's all they got and they're just angry they're just angry people all right. maybe they're wrong, angry right now but they yes and so i was <laughs> no, just thinking i was like that has to be a nightmare down there in iowa city if you're not a, a hot
1: you guy. know jesse what iowa state has or Ames has that iowa city will never have
2: uh pride and honor and like i don't know what what it, what it would be
1: hickory park
2: they do have hickory park too. hickory
1: park is a great Might. spot
0: so so when I first met Dawn in 89, um, shortly after I met her, we, we went to Ames because she had just gotten out of school like a year and a half before. So she still had friends there. And so we drove down there and went to Hickory Park, and it was a life-changing experience. <laughs> it's so good. It's Iowa so- State still had varsity baseball at the time because we stopped by R. a game.
2: I had somebody try to tell me that he played baseball for Iowa State is like, you didn't. And he's like, yeah, oh, from 2006 to 2011, I was like, no, you did. they didn't have baseball. It's been gone since <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> they didn't even <laughs> have a club team. Like, I'm like, it, this is nice try, homeboy, but like, you didn't. So, it's the bye. same as
1: Wisconsin. They, yeah. they
0: abandoned uh, baseball years ago.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Take it from me. If you're going to try and woo a woman with a fake story, you better be damn sure that that fake story can be real. That's <laughs> yes, right. Do your homework, like, guys.
2: Like, oh boy. Well, you know what you the problem do? is? Google. Yeah. Yeah. Go- Google's I was ruined there. it. Google it
1: now. It's it's like, it's ruined it. Yeah. I
2: was there during that time. I know there was no baseball. I covered every sport. Well, that- he
0: assumed you didn't know sports at all, I'm sure.
2: Uh the woman thing I get yeah he, it. Thought, uh,
0: he
1: assumed you wouldn't know sports yeah, and the he problem thought is you were do know sports just a whole. woman that don't know anything
2: no we just cook and clean uh so speaking of cooking and cleaning can't wait for the vikings to clean house coming up clean no that sounds wrong that's not what i meant i meant <laughs> whatever we got to end the show you meant beat so, the packers. Um, beat the packers i meant beat the packers not clean house we want to keep the players we're going to beat the packers wipe the <laughs> clean the pet yeah we're gonna have a great rest of our week and uh thanks for checking in again always comment subscribe rate give us all the love you can check out all the other purple daily content including uh before i die happening usually on mondays unless there's a monday night vikings football game hence tuesday's release today uh that's gonna do it school vikes
1: about dang time we get a win in hennepin county